Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Market Masters. I'm here today with Carl Sekas, agency consultant at Sekas & Company. Thank you, Carl, for being here today. Gabriel, great to be here. Awesome, awesome. I actually had the pleasure to see Carl at Inbound 15. I don't want to talk too much about me, but it was a pivotal year. We revamped our whole agency, and it was great to see Carl because he was talking about what kind of agency are you? Are you a growth agency? Are you a lifestyle uh, agency? It, it helped us understand what we were doing and why we were doing it that way. And also, I've used over the years many spreadsheets and resources from him and his his company to understand if we had a too big of a customer or if we had an imbalance in things. So thank you, Carl, for all the things you do for so many agencies. You've helped us a lot, and I know you you help many, many agencies out there. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, why don't you introduce a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your company. What do you guys do? Absolutely. Well, my name is Carl Sakis. I help agencies grow without breaking. People reach out when they're trying to figure out how to reduce their day-to-day -day involvement in running their agency, or if uh, as an agency owner or leader, they're trying to figure out how do they get from here to their long-term goals. They're not quite sure how to get there. I help them get there more, more smoothly and more profitably than if they were managing things on their own. That's and awesome. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, but work with clients all over the world. At, at this point, it's hundreds of agencies on every inhabited continent. That's great. That's great. So um, these are trying times, right? Especially for agencies. Um, I remember we lost 30% of business right away when COVID hit. Um, it's been amazing because we've recovered 40% now and growing, which is great. Growing fast and like you said, not breaking, hiring people, amazing things happening, but trying times nonetheless, right? So businesses are looking to adapt and grow and try to avoid shrinking, right? So you you have a concept of swim lanes and, uh, you know, this can help companies right now. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So swim lanes are a leadership concept. So if you're in a leadership role, either as the owner of your business or if you're managing even just one person outside of yourself, swim lanes are going to be important to make your life easier for you and for your team. Now, in my work, I use swim lanes with agencies, but anyone listening, whether you're at an agency or not, can use this. Here's how it works. With swim lanes, you get clear for you and your team about who is in charge of what and who is not in charge of what. Uh, and that can apply in a range of ways. But the goal is that you want to avoid some of the confusion that people have. You know, who's handling this this week or that week? Uh, oh no, two people did something that, you know, one was supposed to do, or maybe no one did it because everyone assumed that someone else was going to do it. When you get clear on swim lanes, you can grow your business more smoothly. And in times right now where there's so much pressure to get things done right, swim lanes can help improve the quality of what you're doing. All kinds of benefits of swim and, lanes. And how do you do this again with a team that's already running and you know, you have all, everybody's doing a lot of these things. How do you start with this? How do you, how do you get the team on the same page with this? I would start by building an inventory or an audit of all of the things that have to happen. That could be client facing things, could be internal facing things. Eventually the goal is to identify what are the key things that need to happen within your business. And then you can look at who is in charge of what. And you may find that uh, your list is longer than you expected. And you may also find, if we're thinking about who's responsible and, and accountable, who's consulted, who's informed, there may be some gaps, right? 
you know, or maybe you find that two people thought they were in charge of something, or maybe, you know, if you're the leader, maybe you thought that you were in charge of it, one of your team members thought they were in charge of it, and there are some mismatches. And you know what? If you find mismatches in the list, that is totally normal, but now you can fix it. Now you can do something about it. And, and that actually happens in all companies. It's not just agencies, like you said, yeah. but also it happens in all sizes of companies. Of course, the bigger the company, the more people, the more complex things get. But even with us as a 10 company, 10 people company, sometimes these things happen and we have to go back to the process. Who's doing what? Why are we doing these things? Do we still need to do it this way? Can we optimize the process? But also it's like, okay, you're responsible for this. You're responsible for that. Responsibility has a lot to do with this, right? Yes. And, and as you grow, your swim lanes will change. You know, I typically find this with, in my work with agencies, uh, worked with an agency that had at the time about 25 employees. They'd grown rapidly and they were heading toward 35 and they were having some challenges where things weren't getting done the way they expected. The owner was frustrated and he brought me in to help figure out what was going on. And one of the things I noticed was that a number of the team members had joined when the agency was much smaller you know, when they were five people, 10 people. And now that the agency had grown, people were shifting what they needed to do. Everyone was no longer doing everything. Now they were specializing. You know, there were dedicated account managers and project managers instead of everyone doing a bit of both. And the account managers were no longer doing the subject matter expert work. And other people were involved in marketing and other business development and things like that. And, and so the roles had changed, but people hadn't quite taken an intentional review of what was going on. So I helped them sort that out and ultimately they were able to keep growing more smoothly. In terms of how often you should review swim lanes, well, I'd at least do a general review once a year, but the faster you're growing, you may need to do that sooner. You know, if you're doubling every year, I mean, review every three to six months. Definitely, definitely. And um, first of all, I love that you mentioned being intentional about it, thinking yeah. about it and, and scheduling it and making it a yearly and annual thing. But maybe if you're going faster, a quarterly thing and things like that. But I, I wanted to ask you, um, is there any school of decide what's better or not, depending on the kind of people that you have to have people that do general things or people that do specific things? Do you do you help agencies also decide who is better at what? Because that's also part of the decision-making process. It's not like, okay, you're going to take on all these managerial things, but the person might not be a great manager or leader, right? So how, how do you decide those things? Well, I have two models for that. One is imagine a Venn diagram with three circles, desire, competence, and capacity. If something isn't getting done, and I see this with agencies, but it's true for any business. If something isn't getting done, it's because all three of those aren't, aren't in play. You know, you need desire. People need to want to do it. You need competence. People need to know how to do it. And you need capacity, like time to get it done. Uh, you know, if you're in a leadership position, I especially see where you've got desire and competence. You know, you want to get it done. You know how, but you don't have time and things don't get done. And on the other hand, if someone has competence and capacity, but not desire, they're going to try to avoid doing it. And, um, you know, if you've got desire and capacity, but not confident, uh, competence, it'll get done, but poorly. So consider desire, competence, and capacity. But here's the other thing about generalized versus specialized assignments. In my work, you know, I've been working with hundreds and hundreds of agencies uh, for, for many years, 
every agency job fits into six role categories. So, you know, we can collapse it down. And at some agencies, people will do two or three of these roles. But here are the roles. So you've got account management, AM. Their job is to keep clients happy, upsell them more work, retain clients. You've got project management, or PM. Their job is to get the work done smoothly and profitably. They may be client-facing, but they're primarily internally focused. You've got your subject matter experts, your SMEs. These are your, depending on your services, designers, developers, writers, analysts, so on. Their job is to do their billable craft all day long. Then you've also got strategists. Strategists are a special kind of SME. They tend to be more client-facing. Their job is to identify how do you spend the client's budget as effectively as possible. You know, it's maximizing the ROI. What are the choices to make? You've also got business development, biz dev, uh, which at agencies are really three different roles. Marketing for the agency itself, sales, working with one-on-one -on -one opportunities based on the leads that the marketing team helped develop. And then you've also got partnerships, which is your relationships with other firms, referral partners, software platforms to help bring business in. And the final category, number, number six, is support, which is about operations and agency leadership. It's normal for people to wear two or three hats, but it is worth considering that the more you can split those roles out so people do just one of those, and you can use swim lanes to help decide who's doing what, the better results. Uh, for instance, um, you know you may have seen um, account management and project management. That is a role that a lot of agencies combine. Someone maybe has an account manager title, but they're doing project management, or they have a PM title, but they're also doing account management. People tend to be good at more toward one or the other, right? And you run into problems. If someone leans more toward you know the PM side of things, they might be a little mean when it comes to the client side because the PM's like, well, that's out of scope. You know, mm, I don't know if we can do that. When the client's thinking, well, yeah, I, like what would it cost to add? I want to add it. I'm not expecting it for free sometimes. Or on more of the account management side, maybe the clients love working with them, but they don't have quite the attention to detail. And part of the challenge that client, you know, around why clients love them so much is the AM wants everyone to love them and they're giving away free work. <laughs> Ideally, you've got a separate AM and a separate PM and they've got a great partnership between the two to help save them from each other and you know make life better for clients and the agency itself this is this is amazing because i, I i'm i'm starting to see all the people that you you're talking about these things and i see all the names and the faces of all the people in, inside our agency and how we have evolved in the past 18 years of first of all starting with me doing everything which was a chaos right and then but, but totally normal i mean that that's how course. it how it starts yeah and then, and then starting to delegate to the wrong people or to do the wrong things or things like that. And then getting the right people in the right, you know, seat and the wrong people, that whole, that whole thing was very important for us. But then also I, I, I see what you're saying about the strategy and the P, the project manager and the account manager and how, when you separate them, it works so much better. It's like that evolution for us made a huge difference and actually made the whole team work better too because every single aspect of it was taken care of. And people get to do what they what they want to do, what they like doing, what they're good at doing. You know, for, for anyone listening and you're thinking, oh, well, I'd love to split things out, but, you know, I can't afford to do that right now. Um, you know, a couple things to keep in mind. One, I'll often do work with agencies around a transitional org structure. So we know what their org structure looks like today in terms of how things are, are organized within their organization. 
and we can identify what is the long-term structure that makes sense. But then the key is that transitional structure. What do you do in the interim? We've got this today. We know where we want to go. We can't hire all the people to get there. What's the next addition? Because then you can work toward that, lever up, and move toward your long-term goals. So that, that can be really helpful. Uh, the final piece would be to consider, uh, you know, whether it's swim lanes or beyond, if someone is going to be leaning toward one, you know, being better in one area than the other, you know, maybe you're asking a subject matter expert, maybe they're a designer or a copywriter, you've asked them to do account management or you've asked them to do project management, they may need some additional support. They may need some additional training. And um, as you delegate as a leader, you want to be careful about not just sort of throwing people in the deep end. Um, they may need some additional additional help. Uh, don't don't expect magic, and your team can't read your mind. Yeah, of course, and and that that has also been a big learning uh, lesson for us. Is is actually over the years seeing people evolve, and the more support you can give them, the more education you can give them, the more structure you can give them the more software with processes and things that actually make it more of a process thing and not so much of a hey let's try to do things yes. uh, as much as we can uh it has been the evolution has also been very clear that the more we strategize and the more we put processes together uh the better it is and the easier it is to add new people too Exactly. And, and now, if, you know, for anyone listening and you're thinking, well, you know, gosh, that, like, that sounds hard. It, it is. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've been in various leadership roles over the years, and I, I combined all of those lessons into my second book, which is called Made to Lead, A Pocket Guide to Managing Marketing and Creative Teams. It's focused on agency leaders, but it applies to anyone in really any kind of leadership role. Um, you know, one of the things I share in the book, and, and it's a short read, it, it's literally a pocket guide. You can read it in 20 to 30 minutes uh, and then go back to re refer to key points from it. Being being a, a bad manager is really easy. You just kind of show up. Being a good manager is really hard, uh, but I think it's worth it, right? If, if you're running an agency and it's an independent agency and you're in a leadership role, you're an owner, I mean, if you're an owner of an independent agency, odds are your agency is your number one or your number two financial asset. Don't leave it up to chance. If you're not an owner, I mean, you want to do the best job you can in your role. Uh, and, and investing in yourself to become a better leader and looking for ways to improve, it'll make things easier in the end. Definitely, definitely. So talking about business leaders and owners, they're very stressed today. Things are not going as planned that we know for sure. Uh, so what can they do? What can business leaders do to juggle everything and make sure that they're still getting better at being a manager or a leader or they're hiring the right people and the, they're keeping customers happy and they're creating new services that are exciting and they're more into the new world that we're living all on the internet. So how can leaders get better and still juggle everything that they have to do today? Well, I, I have a concept that I've developed that I called uh, called VGR, Values, Goals, and Resources. And it's a way to help members of your team and, and to help you as a leader make better decisions. So here's how it works. Values are how you choose to operate. So those can exist, and really all of these do, at a business level, at a team level, at a client level. Values are how you choose to operate. Uh, so for instance... 
Um, you know, I have some clients who cap their weekly workload where no one is to work more than 40 hours a week. That's an important value, right, yeah, around how that. they choose to operate. Mm-hmm. There we go. And oh, yeah. uh, on the other hand, for some agencies, that's not important. You know, so that like knowing the values to follow is important. Um, goals around where do you want to go? Uh, where does the business go? Uh, what are people's individual goals as individual contributors, as leaders, otherwise? Uh, and then resources are the resources you have available to get things done. So, you know, that's anywhere from within your entire business. Who are the employees who can help? What are the skill sets who can help? Uh, it could be cash available to invest additional budget in things. That even applies down to the task level. I, I had a client who had assigned something out to one of her team members, and she was surprised that the team member came back, spent way more time than the owner expected, uh, and also had um, gone in sort of a different direction uh, beyond what the owner had sort of intended. Uh, and I, I, you know, mentioned the values, goals, and resources concept and how, you know, you can use that on a task level basis. And it turns out that the owner had not used those. So for instance, didn't, the employee didn't know that one of the values was use the existing template. She'd created a totally new one. Uh, one of the goals was to get it done in a certain timeline. One of the resources was that there was a certain number of hours available to get it done. So if the owner had said, the ideal outcome is we have a new case study, you have two hours to get it done, and we need it by the end of the week, the employee could have come back and said, oh, well, there's this challenge with the template we have now, could you approve additional budget? And they could discuss it, rather than finding things took longer in time and in duration. So the clearer you can get about values, goals, and resources, the easier your life will be as a manager, because you're not getting sucked in to every single decision, unless you want visibility, right? That's... Which is, which is, if you do, then you know, <laughs> that that's its own challenge. But but yeah, specificity. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, how how did you get into leadership? Because again, you again, you've been doing this for years and helping many many agencies. What got you into leadership, and how did you get to to learn all these different assets that are helping so many agencies, including ours today? Um, I'm, I'm listening to this conversation that we are having and I'm like, I'm making note about that one. We need to go review that one and we need to do a review on this and that. So uh, yes. I'm, I'm learning from this very conversation and I'm yes. deciding to make, um, you know, some, some, some meetings from this. But how do you get into this whole world? Well, I, in my case, I, it, it's really a, a lifelong thing. Uh, both of my parents were career army officers after they retired from the army, they started a small business and they put the kids to work helping in the business starting when we were in elementary school. Turns out, uh, at least in the U.S., if it's a family business, child labor laws do not apply. Uh, my grandfather was a business professor and organizational behavior professor for 40-some years. So I'd hear you know, his stories about helping companies become better. One of his specialties was helping large corporations work more effectively with their employees I read some of his research from the 1950s where he had done various surveys and he found that employees were saying they wished that their manager would treat them as a person rather than just a worker. It's like we've known that for 70 years, yet how many companies still struggle there? And, and you know, so getting those lessons from, from family members, uh, you know, the, growing up, I was involved in the Boy, Scout, Boy Scouts program on 4-H. I was at an event where uh, in the Boy Scouts, uh, one of the 
uh, one of the scout leaders, uh, you know, teenager, one of the fellow scouts, uh, there was a point where there was an award ceremony and then there was a buffet for dinner. And when they opened the buffet, the sort of senior most scout was like pushing people out of the way to get to the buffet line first. And on the way home, you know, we're, we're chatting about the event and my, my dad shared, you know, from his experience at West Point and being in Vietnam and ranger training and so on. Uh, his comment was leaders eat last, you know, that if you were the leader, you make sure your team is taken care of. And then if there's any food left, you do it. And uh, si Simon Sinek, of course, has has made that his book. But I mean, I heard that lesson 10 years earlier as as a teenager. Uh, you know, so I think some of those family role models have been vital. Uh, certainly uh, people I've worked with uh, in terms of colleagues and bosses, uh, sometimes learning some good lessons and sometimes some not so good lessons. Self-awareness is important. You know, this year marks 20 years on and off of going to therapy. I think everyone benefits from, from therapy. Uh, you know, in 2012, I, I went to a, a leadership retreat, like a week-long situation where, you know, several of the days were without your phone, right? You, you had an emergency contact, but it was like no phones, focused on, on developing. And one of the things involved in that was doing a 360-review feedback. You know, so that's feedback from managers, from people who had reported to me, from peers. And I have to say, in, in 2012, uh, the results were kind of sobering. The theme from people I'd worked with for almost 10 years at that point uh, was basically I was good at getting things done, but not at making it fun for everyone else around me. Or as one of the other participants in the retreat said, uh, through a company called Grinnell Leadership, uh, one of the other participants said, you can't be a leader if no one wants to follow you. I, and you know what? I took the lesson to heart. Uh, I came across a book called The Human Brand by Chris Malone and Susan Fisk, and they talk about a concept called warmth and competence. The idea, and think about, you know, as you're listening the, you know, around your, your client relationships, customer relationships, and your leadership, competence is did you get the job done, right? Did you do what you said you would do on time, to specification, on budget? That's competence. Warmth is a bit different. That's about, did you make people feel special? Did they, did they feel part of the team, that it wasn't just about, you know, about the money? Ideally, you can be high warmth and high competence. And, and under that, I had been high competence, not necessarily high warmth, and I vowed to change. And that's been a core focus in my work with clients and leading my team, and, and, and I'm so glad that I took that on. So you know, as people are listening, I'm, you may find that maybe you're more on the high warmth side and you struggle on the competence side. Ideally, you can manage both. Um, so I check out the book, The Human Brand, to help you help you improve. That's awesome. Thanks for the the resource there. So, uh, are you born a leader, or can you become a leader? I think some people may be born leaders, but I, I believe that we can all become leaders, and we can all continuously improve as leaders. Uh, and and in fact, um, you know that's. Uh, that's part of why I called my second book Made to Lead, right? You know, some people feel like they, they are being made to lead, whether they want it or not. You know, if, if you're the owner of an independent agency, you are a leader, whether you, whether you like it or not. Uh, but I think we can, we can make people leaders uh, if they want to. And by the way, if you're, you know, in a position where you're being groomed for leadership and you're like, oh, I don't know. Um, I actually will recommend that clients assign th that book, you know, against 20 to 30 minutes, made to lead, uh, as, as an assignment. Um, for instance, a client in Denver had two people who wanted to get promoted to department director. 
they were both qualified around their subject matter expertise, but you know, it's like leading a team is different from doing the work that the team does. And so my advice to the owner was assign both of them to read the book. You know, it's available on, on Amazon. Uh, and then have them report back about, you know, from their experience, like where do they see themselves excelling? Where might they struggle? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And you know what? Uh, one of the team members read the book. Uh, he did, you know, kind of a summary of here's where I see myself doing well. Here's where I'll struggle, where I may need some more help. And one of the other team members uh, read the book and was like, you know what? Like, I, I, I liked the idea of leading, I, the idea of being a manager, getting paid more money, the more, you know, the director title, the responsibility. But as I think about what's actually involved, that's not what I want to do. So in an ideal world, your agency or your business is able to help people succeed, whether they're on a leadership track or, you know, management track or as individual contributors. You don't have to become a manager, you know, if you don't want to. That's that's awesome, and that's that's something that we we discuss internally because not everybody needs to, and not everybody wants to become a manager or manage yes. people. Or so that it, that needs to be very clear from the get go, or, or as things evolve and as people, because people are not the same when they started uh, two years, three years later. Uh, a lot of people evolve very clearly. You can see it that they have the leadership skills right away or they love it and they want to learn and, and you can coach them. But other people are going to be better at doing what they do and they're amazing at what they do. Why would you take them out of that lane, right? Uh, and actually into something else that they're not going to enjoy and they're probably going to hate and, and, and not do a good job at it. Life is too short and, you know... Um a lot of people are, are struggling in the world, um, you know, working in the agency world, there's a certain privilege, right? You know, it's the ability to work remotely, um, getting fairly well paid for the work, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, life is too short to work with, with clients and colleagues that, that aren't a match or to be doing things that you don't want to do, especially if it's your own business, Right. Um, we get to define our, you know, wh where we want to focus. Definitely, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about your business and how can you help um, agencies. Um, wh who's your ideal customer? Tell us more about that too. At Sekis and Company, I work with agencies all over the world. Uh, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, but my clients have spanned 36 countries in every inhabited continent, everywhere except Antarctica. Uh, I work remotely. I, I've been working remotely since 2013, so before the pandemic, and of course that that continues now with with COVID-19. Uh, you know, and and typically I'm working with agencies when they're at a certain crossroads. It could be that they're trying to figure out how do I get from here to there as smoothly as possible. In that case, I'll do an agency roadmap strategy project, which is looking at where to focus for the next one to two years to reach your five-year goals, whether you're building a lifestyle agency and you want to run profitably and smoothly, or if you're planning to build an equity agency, a high-growth agency where you're planning to sell, I can help in either direction, um, and part of the intake process is to help you sort out, you know, what are the nuances of your particular goals, including your values, goals, and resources. So that's one of the big scenarios where people are at that, that sort of inflection point, that turning point. And the other, the other case where I'll help people is... The owner has realized you know, they've been in business for a while. They're trying to figure out how do they reduce their day-to-day -day involvement in running the agency. 
you know, in the early days, they're doing everything, you know, as we discussed, and, you know, over time they grow. But if you're not intentional about it, or if you, you're just trying to figure it out on your own, you may not know some of the shortcuts and benchmarks, uh, you know, that's where people call call me in there, in that case, you know, about reducing their day-to-day involvement. Uh, in that case, I'll do executive coaching. Uh, so some of the outcomes I hear from clients, a uh, client in Boston said that based on doing the coaching, about a year and a half of coaching, not overnight, uh, he had raised his prices 34% while also eliminating night and weekend work. Uh, another client said that thanks to the executive coaching, she was able to make her agency become 100% virtual and relocate from the East Coast of the U.S. to the South of France. Wow, that's a and good one. I want I, to put that yeah, on my list. And, <laughs> and, and for, for, for uh, another client uh, based in Texas, uh, you know, in his case, he's reported he's managed to double his income while cutting his hours in half. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the, the sort of that second category. And, and I also have people who are looking for just a, you know, a one off expert opinion. And I can do bite sized consulting calls to, to help them. And, and you have so many resources. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, I remember using your resources to make some of those decisions in the beginning. And, and actually, I, I love that you said that agencies usually hire you in, in those transitional moments, you know, those yes. pivotal moments, because those are the key moments. You know, I want to, you know, pass the threshold of 10 employees or I want to stop doing everything or, uh, you know, those, those are huge. And I believe that, that those, those things have been way better because of some of the resources that you you shared because it opens your eyes to say hold on i don't have to do this the way i think i need to do it and keep trying to do it but there are there are ways to say there is a better way for this you don't need to do track your time understand how many customers are you getting paid the right amount is this profitable or not like are you having did you just get a huge customer that you're super happy and you're hiring people left and right and all of a sudden they fire you what are you going to do so one of the things we decided because of your resources was to have a buffer we added a buffer to everything so when we make decisions the buffer is at least our biggest customer so our biggest customer needs to be the buffer we don't make decisions without that buffer so if we lose the biggest customer we're still in business you know that's one of the simple decisions that we made and that saved us in COVID. You know, and and considering that, I mean, if you think about if you run an agency, at some point, you're going to lose a big client. At some point, an employee is going to quit. At some point, one of your clients is going to be unhappy about something. Like, there are certain things that are inevitable. It's just a question of when, right? I, I describe it as this. You know, if we take time to prepare for and plan for the expected, we'll have time to improvise the unexpected. But if you don't do any preparation, everything is going to be an emergency. So if we can, you know, uh, kind of sort things out. I, I wrote an article in 2019 uh, about preparing for the next recession. You know, and as I shared at the time in May of 2019, like we don't know when it's going to happen, but it's a question of if, not when, and talking about building your cash reserves and uh, and doing other structures to be ready. And, you know, unfortunately, it is here now. Um, the, the more you can do to prepare for the expected, you'll, you'll have bandwidth to figure out what to do to improvise when the unexpected hits. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, it could be cash in the bank. It could be a buffer on your monthly, you know, retainers. All those little things you can start preparing for. That, that, like I said, you know, if we didn't have that buffer, we would have been really impacted because of COVID. And we had the buffer, we used it, and we were still in business, even losing 30%. We had to yeah. work really hard to get it back. But even if we didn't, we were still going to be in business, pay everybody every month and keep our employees happy, you know. Um, and not a lot of agencies could do that with a hit of 30%. No, no. I mean, some some agencies have, have gone out of business. And, you know, running a business is tough, right? If it were easy, everyone would do it. And, and, you know, I, this is my third business since high school. I started as a web designer and technology consultant in high school and college. Um, I, you know, it's, it's tough. If it were easy, everyone would do it. But, you know, if you're running a business, there are a lot of rewards. You get to choose the people you work with, both in terms of your team and your clients or customers, and you get to choose your direction. Um, but, you know, I was talking about privilege earlier, you know, we need to find ways to give back uh, to help people who may be earlier in, in their career than, than we are or earlier in running their business. Uh, in 2014, uh, so a year into being full time, actually, it was even sooner than a year into it as a, a full time consultant, uh, I launched something that I call office hours. So it was like every week it was an opportunity to, to set aside an hour to give free advice to anyone who's interested so it was every week when I was in town in, in Raleigh, in North Carolina, uh, at a local chocolate factory, right? You, you walk in, it smells like chocolate, it's amazing, get some co coffee, you know, and, and all that. Uh, and so, you know, whatever people were wondering about, I, you know, I could help out. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic, of course, doing that in person, you know, it doesn't make sense. So I've actually moved it online, uh, something I'd thought of doing for a long time, but now, you know, a, a little extra push. And I've been doing the monthly, uh, starting the, the first event in, in March, and they've been growing exponentially. Uh, you know, great interaction, and people can pre-submit questions. I'll, I'll pick some questions that match the overall group in general, can answer some more beyond that. Um, and, you know, if someone reaches out and they're struggling and they need help, but maybe they can't afford help, I can point them to the office hours as a way to get some additional help. Um, and, you know, I, I think... I've been very lucky, uh, and uh, we need to give back. So think about how, you know, for everyone listening, how you can give back. And that's going to be unique to you and your business, uh, but find something, and, it, and it's rewarding. Definitely, and, and this is something that we've seen over and over again in these podcasts, that, that being human now more than ever is the most important thing uh, and, and, and some people, again, it is rewarding in itself, but yeah. you have no idea how much of an impact it will actually make in your brand and your business to be nice to people, to be a human being, to give back, to try to help other people, to create beautiful partnerships with other great human beings. That takes your business to a whole different level, and we've seen it over and over again. Yes, and it starts by making that initial investment and and also just be, being an active listener and paying attention to what people need. You know, I, I'll hear feedback where someone will say, I read your blog post on such and such, and it's like you wrote it just for me. Because I specialize in helping independent agency owners, you know, typically under 100 employees, 
make life better. Like I've worked with nearly 400 of them and of course spoken with many more. Uh, the better you know about the problems your clients, your target market is facing, the, the easier you can help them. Um, and it's also worth considering sometimes you help people in ways you didn't expect. So for instance, when you sign up for my email newsletter, so it's twice a week, various tips to help you improve your agency, uh, you'll get my lead magnet. Uh, it's, a, it's an ebook that I call Don't Just Make the Logo Bigger, Taking Your Clients from Painful to Profitable. Uh, and it talks about client expectations management. And in the back, I talk about doing a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and also doing some goal setting. And, um, you know, I, I think I had seen those as sort of like, oh, well, you know, of course, you go ahead and include that. And I, a couple years ago, I got an email from a director at an agency in Tennessee, and she'd reached out. And, and unfortunately, one of the founders of the agency had died suddenly in their 30s. Yeah. And, and so she had actually just signed up for the newsletter uh, for other reasons and happened to see the tool. And she said, we're going to use this to figure out how do we go on? You know, uh, th that was a huge loss and we're, we're still, you know, we're still reeling from it. But that simple worksheet in the download she got was going to help them figure out a way forward for their agency. And um, you, you don't really expect that, right? That a, that your agency's lead magnet could potentially change some change someone's life. Um, and and also, if you're like, hmm, do I do potentially a so-so job on our latest blog post or our latest lead magnet? It's like, invest a little extra to make it better. You don't know the impact it might make. That's awesome. And we'll definitely share all these resources here on the links and also on the blog. We'll have all the resources, the, the business hours. We'll have the newsletter so people can subscribe. Uh, you have other resources, but before we go into that, what sets you apart from your competitors? Why are you so great? at helping agencies uh, succeed. Yeah, well, I, I'm not for everyone. You know, I don't claim to be a match for, for everyone, but one of the unique things is that I come from an agency operations background. You know, uh, serving as a project manager, as a director of client services, as director of operations. So being that person supporting the owners, doing all the stuff generally they didn't want to do. So that's somewhat unique uh, as, as an agency consultant. Uh, of course, I only work with agencies. I don't work with non-agency businesses. Uh, I do limit my active client count, you know, so to create a, a more boutique client experience. Um, you know, th this is my full-time thing. I don't simultaneously run an agency. I don't simultaneously do all kinds of other things. You know, my commitment is to my clients, uh, e even down to emergency support. You know, if a client has an emergency that's included in, in my coaching package, you know, text me and I will be on the phone with you as quickly as possible. Sometimes within an hour or a couple hours, my record is five minutes. Uh, because when you need help, I want to be there for you. Uh, but that also means not working with, you know, hundreds of clients at once. That's 400 clients since 2013, not, not all at once. Uh, you know, I customize my approach. It's not, you know, a generic playbook of, you know, uh, turn to page 23, you know, kind of thing. It's unique. Uh, you know, I'm transparent. Um, my, my approach is, even when I'm coaching, it is technically consulting, so I'm sharing from my expertise. Uh, and finally, confidentiality is really important to me. You know, even if someone doesn't become a client, I'm keeping the conversation confidential, um, you know, whether people sign something or not. I, I expect to be doing a version of this for the next 30 years. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that I have reputation as someone who 
puts clients first, even if that means saying no to someone, um, you know, today. And saying no is part of the whole the whole thing too, right? Like learning to yes. say no. Um, one, one thing I, I want to say is that not everybody has to become a full uh, on customer with you. They can start learning from the resources, get to the newsletter, yes. start gaining information and actually start applying some of these things. Like I said, we were never in a contractual um, um, yeah. business relationship, but I've learned and I've used your teachings for years and they still help us today and they they helped us a lot during the crisis so first of all thank you for that well, uh, and you're welcome thank you but this shows that that you can learn a lot from the newsletter you can uh, you can get um a lot of information a lot of uh, value from all the resources that carl puts out there tell us more about those resources where can people find them so they can start getting the value right away well, go to sakasandcompany.com. That's S as in Sam, A-K-A-S as in Sam, A-N-D in the word company.com. Hundreds of articles, sign up for my newsletter, get advice twice a week, get the Don't Just Make the Logo Bigger ebook on dealing with difficult clients, turning them from painful to profitable. If you're on Twitter, follow me at Carl Sakas. That's Carl with a K, K-A-R-L-S-A-K-A-S all kinds of free stuff. And if you're particularly interested in becoming a better manager, right, if you're in an agency leadership role, um, you know, you're welcome to get me to lead on Amazon. You know, it's not that expensive and it's a, it's a quick read. Uh, I've actually created a free subscription where you can get the tips from the book in a bite-sized way uh, via email. So if you want to get that, I call it the 30-day manager program. It is free of charge. Go to 30daymanager.com, either 30, or you could type it out 30, like the word 30, but 30daymanager.com. Sign up. You'll get a tip every day for the next month, Monday through Friday, about improving as a leader. You know, it comes from the book. And, you know, uh, Samuel Johnson said hundreds of years ago, uh, people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. So some of the tips are going to be new. That's the instructed. Others are going to be a timely reminder that you need just at that moment. So, you know, when you head into work and you have a, a particular situation, maybe there was that tip that gave you just enough to, to make a better choice and get better results. Uh, so, you know, totally free of charge. Go to 30daymanager.com. That's awesome, Carlin. And thank you again for sharing so many resources. I know uh, you, you have helped us a lot and you've helped so many other agencies out there anything else you want to share I, I first of all i want to thank you for being here today it's been a pleasure from seeing you at inbound 2015 me saying oh i get it now and understanding things and changing our whole agency to today interviewing you it's been it's been a pleasure but uh you have a backdrop there that's, yes that's interesting. Yes, tell uh, us more about that anything else you want to promote uh, well, I'll be speaking at Inbound again in 2020. Uh, this will be, let's see, 15, 17, my fourth time at, at Inbound. Uh, of course, going virtually this year, they graciously sent a backdrop to to speakers uh, to help you know create a better experience. Uh, and so I'll be speaking, in fact, about dealing with difficult clients. Uh, you know, it's don't just make the logo bigger. Uh, I'm going to share about the four different stages your agency might be in. Uh, as you deal with a client. So it'll help you understand which of the four stages are you in, and I'll help you identify how do you make the jump from one stage to another to improve your, not just your client satisfaction, your agency satisfaction. So that'll be at Inbound 2020. 
uh, you know, whether you're joining live or you're seeing the recordings afterwards. Uh, and, um, you know, if, if you want some one-on-one -on -one and sort of a group setting advice, come to my free monthly office hours. That's the second Tuesday of every month. I can share the link on that, uh, on, on how to join. Um, but, you know, if, if you're out there running an agency and you're like, ah, there's got to be an easier way, odds are they, there are. I mean, running an agency will never be easy, right? You know, thinking like the, the easy button or, you know, easy or something like that. But it doesn't have to be so hard. Uh, and if I can help you make things easier, I'd love to, uh, whether it's through the free resources or through my one-on-one -on -one help. Uh, good, good luck out there. That's awesome. Thank you, Carl, again for everything. Thank you for so much, uh, so many resources over the years and so much knowledge and, and experience that you share with everybody. For those speaking engagements that you do, I know it's it's part of a strategy, but at the same time, you're sharing so many things and you've impacted our agency without even knowing it. And you do that all the time. So I really appreciate that. I, I want to thank you again. Thank you for doing this today. Uh, anything else you want to share? Thank you so much, and uh, good luck as everyone's getting through the current challenges. Uh, I do think things will get easier, and, and the things you're dealing with right now hopefully will contribute to make you a better leader, but you know, take care of yourself, and if you uh, aren't currently getting support from a therapist or, or someone else, I would encourage you to reach out. It, it really can be life-changing. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Carl, again, and uh, stay safe, okay? Take care. This episode of MarTech Masters was produced and edited by Nextiny Marketing. To watch the series, visit our website at nextinymarketing.com. Subscribe to our channel to keep up to date with the latest news from our friends and MarTech Masters.